If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com.
Welcome to uh, Gay Mass tonight. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's uh, Eli or Ellie Goulding. Uh, Goulding. Um, she did that song. Um, God, she's done so many good songs. Um, I love her. But that's from the soundtrack um, from Divergent. That's actually the uh, club remix version of the song from Divergent soundtrack, Beating Heart. So hope you like it. Thought it would be a good way to kick off the show tonight. So anyway, thanks for listening. So we are talking tonight about the latest in gay culture, gay music, and gay topics. <clears throat> you're in the right place if you're gay. And if you're not, if you just love us, like we love you, then thanks for listening. <laughs> you can check me out at offlimitshow.com. You can also find me on spreaker.com. Also on um, Twitter and Facebook. Be sure to follow me, like me in those places. I appreciate it. And if you ever have a comment for me, you can always send it to info, I-N-F-O, at offlimitsshow.com, and I'll be happy to take your um, your request or your comment to heart. So thanks for listening. <clears throat> so there's been a lot going on lately in the gay world, as always. Um, first of all, last night I watched the um, HBO miniseries, um, or not miniseries, movie. Uh, it's a remake of a play Larry Kramer wrote in the 80s, the mid-80s, about the early days of HIV and AIDS. And he um, and it's called The Normal Heart. And I actually had read this play uh, a long time ago. Um, I think it was in high school or something I read it. And um, it's a heartbreaking play, and it's sad, and it's uh, real, <clears throat> because it brings to light you know, what gays were going through in the early eighties and, uh, after this plague, which is really what it is and has been and was, uh, hit the, uh, the United States and really, um, presented itself first in New York city and in San Francisco where a preponderance of gay men existed. So, um, it's about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a little depressing, of course, in a lot of ways, but it really makes you angry because, um, you see how hard, um, they were trying, you know, when there were only 40 cases, they were trying hard to get something done about it by the city of New York City. Um, when there were 150 cases, they were still trying and trying to get the mayor involved, trying to get the United States government involved. No one would even recognize or to talk about it or discuss it, that it even existed. Mostly because a lot of people were in the closet themselves who were in power and didn't want anyone to turn attention to them. And so um, even, and it wasn't until it began to affect everyone and so many people started, so many people began to die that something happened about it, something was done about it. But Mark Ruffalo played the main guy, uh, I think Ted Weeks was his name in the, in the movie. Um, and he's the main guy who started the, uh, in the movie, the, um, the gay men's health crisis. And it's based on, you know, actual events, um, that actually happened in actual people and actual organizations. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, biopic in a way. Um, but anyway, he plays, um, an activist uh, who's kind of a kind of reluctant initially to be an activist. And he reminded me so much of myself. I was watching this movie and laughing and giggling and snickering the whole time because <laughs> there were so many things that he was doing and saying that, that reminded me of myself and, and how I am as an activist and how I am when I'm, when I feel there's an injustice or I'm angry and my anger comes from love from, for people and for the cause. And <clears throat> excuse me. And so I was, so I was, uh, I, I was kind of blown away by the similarities in our personalities. And, um, you know, he was very, very brash, outspoken, in your face, 
and telling people to just do the fuck, do the fuck something about this. And no one was listening. So he was angry and that anger comes from passion. That passion comes from love. So he was trying to get something done about all of these men who were dying and no one was helping them. And they weren't, no one was literally, no one would help them because they didn't know what it was. First of all, in the hospitals and they didn't know how to help them. And secondly, some people wouldn't even touch them or treat them or go in the room without, um, hazmat gear on. So it was an incredibly horrible time. And people are often, um, especially the younger generation, you know, the gays out there who are younger, I'd say under 30 or so, especially, are um, not really so aware of the AIDS crisis and, and how it impacted um, the community at the time. I was only, when it, when AIDS hit, I was only like six years old when it came out, the story in 1981 about this quote unquote gay cancer. So it wasn't something that affected me directly until I was in, you know, older in the teen years and was became sexual and, um, in the nineties. <clears throat> so, um, but it was still something that I, you know, I was participating in the community and then and when I was 14, 15 years old, I was in the community already and I was part of the activism and I was part of, I knew gay people who were much older than me and, um, who had gone through that, had people who died of it. I've known people who've died of AIDS. I've, um, um, I've known people who uh, were alive at that time as well before I was around. So it was a really hard time. And, and I know in the 90s, it was all about keeping yourself safe. And safe sex was the priority, keeping yourself safe so that this disease and other diseases would not get passed along and you wouldn't catch it because it is a deadly, it was a deadly disease. It still is really a deadly disease. And it will kill you if you don't get treatment for it. And it will kill you anyway, probably. But um, it's um, it, it just it just to hit home how horrible and how alone they must have felt in the early '80s, and how helpless they felt. And that's why there was so much anger. That's why there were groups like ACT UP, and groups like the Gay Men's Health Crisis, and groups that were were um, sort of um, in your face about tactics about about doing something about helping these people because they were treating them like they were third class citizens, not even second class. And this still happens today with Muslims. It happens today with, um, with gays to some extent for different reasons. It happens, you know, with a, a lot of different minority groups in the world and we allow it to happen instead of doing something about it. So anyway, this movie was about that. And also the central core of the movie was about his relationship with this man that he met who was played by Matt Bomer whom I find to be drop dead gorgeous, always have. He's from Texas, as a lot of the most gorgeous people in the world are, by the way. <laughs> um, and he's um, he's gay in real life. He's a lover for many years now. He has kids of his own. Um, so he's he's a beautiful man. He played this. Uh, he played um, he played um, Mark Ruffalo's lover uh, in the movie, and um, he ends up well. He ends up getting AIDS himself, and. And, and dying. And, and it's just the most heartbreaking, heartbreaking thing. Um, because Mark Ruffalo's character tries so hard to save him and to find help for him and, and he can't. So, and, and, and it's just, it's just, it's a really amazing, amazing movie. And it le left me bawling and just crying my eyes out, of course. And cause I'm like a sap, you know, <laughs> I'm a big softy. Um, and so I, it definitely made me very sad. Um, and, I just, it made me angry as well. Um, the anger I felt when I was younger uh, in the gay activism scene of, in Dallas or whatever in the early 90s when I was in college. And uh, 
Um, I understood the anger that they experienced then. And so I understand where this comes from. Also, when I was in college, I worked at the AIDS Resource Center in Dallas, as it was called at the time. Now it's just called the Resource Center. Um, and at the time, you know, I, most of the people I worked with had AIDS, not all of them, but a lot of them did. And I was a volunteer coordinator there and I actually helped people who wanted to volunteer to help, you know, uh, to do whatever, you know, bring food to people or, or help people with different services or whatever they needed, uh, people who had been stricken with AIDS who couldn't afford certain things. And uh, it was a, just a horribly, a horrible. It was an eye-opening experience, and and it was sad and just uh, devastating because of all the people I saw who died as a result of it, even in the early '90s. And they had AZT by then, but it was uh, uh, had horrible side effects, of course, and it was incredibly. Um, incredibly bad for your, you period. I mean, if you've ever seen the movie Dallas Buyers Club, you'll see what I mean. But, um, and then ultimately about five years later, they came out with new drugs and, and they came out with a cocktail it's called or whatever. And, uh, it started to save men, gay men's lives. And, and it's, it's as the gay men who have HIV, I should say. And it then uh, began to extend their lifespans. And, and so being HIV positive or having AIDS, specifically being HIV positive was no longer necessarily a death sentence for those men who had it because they could then, um, take medication to sort of maintain their disease. And so today we have medications that allow gay men who have HIV or whomever, not just gay men. I mean, gay men, heterosexual men, heterosexual women, gay women, whatever, everybody can get HIV and everybody does have HIV kids, women, adults, whatever. Um, and so these people can now take, uh, these medicines to extend their lifespans. And now people are undetectably um, HIV positive, meaning that their viral load is so low that they can't even find it in their system. They know they still have it, but they can't find it in their system anywhere. So it's not transmittable. However, um, you know, it's not something that you should go around just sleeping with people who are quote unquote undetectable because they say so. And, um, even if they are undetectable, it's not wise. You can still catch HIV, but it's possible. It's rare, but it's still possible with someone with an undetectable viral load to catch it. So these are just some, my PSAs for the day, I guess I should say. Um, but they're ne moving on to the next topic though. There is a, a drug now out. It's been out for a long time. That's used by people with HIV called Truvada. Um, and Truvada is now being used and tested in trials to, as a vaccine, not a vaccine, but as a preventative drug, uh, for people who, uh, may have uh, active sex lives and, um, are possibly at risk for catching HIV. And it supposedly, uh, if you take this antiretroviral, whatever it's called drug, then it supposedly, if you are on it while you are exposed to HIV, you won't get it. So it kills the HIV before it has a chance to, you know, attach to your, to your body or whatever. So, um, it's been a little controversial because it's basically the drug company, the drug company itself said they didn't advise people who were healthy to take a drug, uh, long-term for the rest of their lives just to protect themselves from a disease, even though they don't have one when they're healthy. So I, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I think that it's something that is, um, obviously, um, if it works and if, if you're someone who has a highly sexual lifestyle or promiscuous lifestyle, whether you're gay, straight or whatever, then yeah, I think it may be behoove you to take that drug. And even though you're quote unquote healthy, um, you may still need to take that drug to prevent yourself from catching HIV. If you are a prostitute, if you are a, uh, a sex worker or a, 
a porn star or something like that. You know, someone who's uh, seeing a lot of different people who are um, you could be catching HIV from, whether you're using um, protection or not, should probably use it. And those people who are highly sexual, um, promiscuous, highly sexual, sexually promiscuous, should use it as well. Um, and if you are someone who just wants to protect yourself, period, I think it's okay. But I think it's fine if it's something you want to do. I know if I were single and, and dating and whatever, I would not. I don't think I would take it. I, I just don't. I don't. I'm somebody who hates to put any kind of drugs in my body at all. I've never liked to do that. Um, like I had to take aspirin or, or any kind of medical drugs unless I absolutely have to, or for pain or something, you know. Um, so I'm just weird that way. I don't like to quote unquote pollute my body or whatever that way if I can help it. But um, it's not always, you know, possible, obviously. Um, but anyways, that's something else that's going on in the news. Um, there was also a, um, a story I'm sure you've heard about. This guy, his name is Elliot Roger. Uh, he was a 22-year-old who was uh, in California. He lived in California, and he killed six people and wounded 13 others in Isla Vista, California. Um, essentially, it was a massacre. It happened on Friday. And um, he was not gay, but... A uh, Fox News contributor uh, named Dr. Rob Roby Robbie Ludwig, she said on their show on Fox that um, that this guy uh, must have been gay, or what's, technically she said that she said um, he said in his manifesto he left before he killed himself. I will destroy all women because I can never have them. I will make them all suffer for rejecting me if they won't accept me among them, then they are my enemies. They showed me no mercy, and in turn, I will show them no mercy. And so in this appearance, she says her, his motive must have been something else. She says, quote, when I was first listening to him, I was like, oh, he's angry with women for rejecting him. And then I started to have a different idea. Is it somebody who was trying to fight against his homosexual impulses? Was he angry with women because they are taking away men from him? But this is a kid who couldn't connect and felt enraged and wanted to obliterate anyone that made him feel like a nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's first of all, this is coming from a Fox news contributor. That's the first thing I've got to say. So Fox News is not news. It never has been news. It's simply uh, a pundit channel and for the conservative right. And it, it doesn't even try anymore to be news. It's really just about people giving out their fucking opinions and that's it. Um, and so it doesn't surprise me it's coming from Fox. But obviously it's ridiculous to say that someone, because they were rejected by women, are, are gay because they are the women they're mad at the women for their men not wanting them or something. I mean, that's the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Circuitous argument. I mean, it's mostly, it's the so stupid. Um, and so this is one of the problems people have, you know, a lot of people who are especially conservatives will think that gay people are gay because women are rejecting them or because they want straight men who don't want them back or, or it's always, it's always because there's some, they're always painted as some sort of, sad, you know, lonely, horribly, um, unhappy figure by these people. When in reality, that's rarely ever the case. Typically it's has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with it anyway. It has nothing to do with being rejected. Are you rather gay or you're not? It's like, it's like saying someone who is heterosexual, heterosexual male, a female is who's, you know, rejected by the men she's interested in decides to be a lesbian all of a sudden. <laughs> or a man or whatever. So it's just, it's just ridiculousness. Um, but I'm not, I'm not at all surprised by it. It's, it's typical for Fox news to talk like this and to say things like this when they have nothing else to talk about. Um, but you know, 
Fox News has been doing this for so long. I mean, she's obviously a fucking quack. And and it's it's frightening to have people whom are quote unquote doctors or whatever to actually be um in a position where people listen to them and actually believe them in some fashion. Uh, it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But anyway, uh and another thing is I want to talk about before I go is that um you know, the, the, the fight for marriage equality that's been going on around the country in the gay community and elsewhere, um, you know, by everybody in this country who's for gay rights, essentially. Um, but recent court victories um, that have happened, you know, in this last year or so, um, there have been in 26 states, there have been um, there's now uh, places where same sex same sex couples can get married or or a judge has ruled that they should be allowed to get married. And um, the latest ruling in Pennsylvania was um, um, was not appealed, uh, even though the Republicans said they were going to. And so essentially it's allowed to stay and that law is now enacted. So we have all of these states where um, we have gay marriage happening and they've been uncontested, even though people tried to. I say contested. I mean they haven't. They've they've tried to contest it and they've lost, um, because the bottom line is, you know, what's right, what is right is right, and what's wrong is wrong, and what's right for the country is inequality uh, and having equality under the law for everyone is what is right. So you can't fight against what's right. I mean, you either you can fight against it, I guess, but you can't. You can never really win ultimately if people are on the side of what's right and not what's wrong. Um, so it's just a matter of time. Really, we've kind of reached a tipping point in this country um, where we have, you know, essentially 26 states where people have, can get legally married or have gotten married already. Um, and it's, it's you know, beyond the 50 states. I mean, beyond half of the 50 states allow it now to some degree anyway. So or it's being challenged in one of those states. You know, there's like 16 or 17 states allow it full legal recognition and the other ones that I'm mentioning are like the other nine or ones that where it's allowed or it's pending or whatever. So it's just a matter of time. As I keep saying on the show, it's just a matter of time. And, um, two years ago or a year ago, whenever the uh, Doma was overturned, they said it'd take about two years for it to eventually get to the point where it'll funnel down to all through all the States or we'll have a Supreme court ruling. And because of this, it makes it far more difficult for the Supreme court to say, no, we're going to let the ban stand when um, these cases, one of these cases gets heard by the Supreme court next term. So it isn't. uh, (laughs) So those of you out there who don't like gay people and don't want gay people to get married, it's too late. We're done. We're going to get married. It's going to happen. I mean, we are getting married everywhere. I'm married obviously, but I'm saying it'll be legal everywhere, like it or not. So fuck you if you don't. That's all I have to say today on today's Gay Mass Show, short show. Just wanted to speak up on a few things that I had on my mind. I'll be back on probably Tuesday. Oh, this is Tuesday. I forgot. I'm doing a show today because it's Memorial Day. Um, probably Thursday then with a uh, brain purge show. And then over the weekend, I'll be back with Acoustic Mass for more music. So be sure to listen into those. I thank you for listening and I hope you have a great day. Good night. Planning on traveling this summer? 
Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 